can't ignore me But so, so, yeah So give me all of you in exchange for me Just give me all of you in exchange for me For me Break it down Yes, sir. Check. We used to lay up and then stay up, hats and then blow. I shouldn't have played no games with you, just leveled up my brain. Last time I saw you, we ain't speak. That was strange. Guess there's nothing I could do. Man, it's true. X has changed. Yeah. Hey. Guess you changed for the better. Better. I know you know how to make me jealous. I was never loyal, let you tell it, yo. But I'm ready to fix it if you ready, baby. So, so. Yeah. So give me all of you in exchange for me. Live from UNLV, this is KUNV Las Vegas. Talk to talk, we talk to talk from the shots that's called to the tomahawks to the league boss and the ones who lost. Give it to me once, I don't drop the ball to the home rounds that was out the park. Kershaw when I'm pitching off, Kobe the Howard, he looking soft. LA Rams in the city, y'all got special guests, got breaking news. Come talk to talk with Chatterbox. It is 12 o'clock on Sunday afternoon, so you know what time it is. It is time for Talk That Talk on 91.5, the Rebel HD2, KUNV Las Vegas, the broadcast service of UNOV. I am your host, Terrell Chatterbox Emerson, in studio. Dun, 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 dun. We brought the Florida man back. No. <laughs> we brought the Florida man back. We're back. If you know about the OD podcast, you know about this person right here. This person is Scarlet and Gray Free Press writer. I'm not even going to say sports writer. This man writes sports. This man writes community. This man writes news. This man writes opinion. I got a lot of opinions. This man's <laughs> name is Salim Dweck. What's going on, Salim? I'm okay, man. I'm all right. A little, a little thirsty. <laughs> well, well, we'll make sure we give you a break sometime early in the show. So you can go ahead and take care of that, get you something to drink, get you go ahead and set Oh, no, up. it's it's Ramadan, bro. I'm fasting. Oh, swear. So how long you been doing that? Talk to me. Uh, So Ramadan's like 30 days. It started uh, April 23rd. Okay. We got like six days left. Okay, okay. So I've been uh I've been fasting and it's it's actually, the quarantine actually makes it easier because I don't have to go outside and like, oh, especially this time of year, man, walking around. I remember last year walking around campus. Oh, it was terrible. <laughs> I know it's it's different food smells and things that you have to kind of ignore and things of that nature. But um, again, this is this is an interesting time for us simply because um, the semester's done. Yeah, yeah, and the it semester's is. finally and done. Congratulations now. on graduating. I appreciate you, my man. I appreciate you so much for that. Thank you for that. Absolutely. Um, I'm right about now. I'm truthfully at a loss for words. If you're wondering if I'm doing this show in my cap and gown. You're he right. He, he absolutely um, is. So actually, <laughs> let me let me not even lie. The gown isn't on right now because it's hot in the studio, but it's going to be on by the end of this show. But my cap is definitely on right now. We'll, we'll get the AC running and we'll get that, get that done. <laughs> Most definitely. Got the tassel on the left. I feel accomplished. But um, really quick, we could, as always, the first 25 minutes of this show, Talk That Talk, we pretty much give you guys a an, an, an little bit of an insight into what our week look, looks like. And at the same time, it kind of gives you guys a precursor into kind of what the podcast is like and kind of what kind of the conversation flows like on the podcast. Um, normally, we start with just what, like I said, what we've done in this, uh, what we've done this week. 
And to be quite honest with you, of course, uh, I'm, I kind of just want to start mine off by saying congratulations to the class of 2020. Absolutely. Um, 100%. I'm actually just going to say that one more time. Um, congrats to the class of 2020, simply because it's just it's so much that we could have been down about yesterday. Um, shout out to Long Beach, who's actually graduating today. Um, yeah, just all around the world. There's um, graduates of all ages that aren't necessarily given and granted the opportunity to um, uh, to go ahead and do some of those senior activities, whatever um, stage they're at. But again, at this level, um, I told my dad for so long, and I was even talking to my barber this weekend. Um, it always got to a point to where I felt, oh, the ceremony is just a formality. Like, we don't really care about that. We don't really care about yeah. that. The moment you told me I wasn't going to have one, then it was... Nah, bro, I, I care about that now. You know, maybe because I'm still in that stage because I'm not supposed to graduate till December. Uh-oh, future grad. We on the way. I, I got to be honest with you, man. I could care less about whether I walk... Like, you know, I could shake somebody's hand. Oh, yeah, thanks for putting me in debt. I oh, appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, you know what, man? You're not the only person that feels that way. Um, I, I, I'll be honest with you. I was even telling, uh, I mentioned it yesterday when I was talking to uh, Johnny. Shout out to Johnny. I mentioned my barber and didn't say his name. Shout out to Johnny. Um, I do think it's interesting that when you tell yourself that, I feel like different people are telling themselves that for different reasons. And I feel like majority of us are saying we don't necessarily need the ceremony because we're thinking about ourselves. And the people who say that we do want the ceremony, because I've been on both sides of the fence, every time I said that I wanted the ceremony, it's been more so for the people around me. Because I know, yeah. like, the people that I was side-by-side side in classrooms with, I want to be side-by-side side in this red road with. I right. do. I-, I hear you. I hear you. Um, yeah, you know, and also, when we can't have something, we try to force ourselves not to want it. Oh. Uh, Say that one more time. When we can't have things, we try to force ourselves not to want it anymore. We pretend that we don't. Mm. Um, but I, I'm being for real. Like I really, that's a bar. I really don't care, man. <laughs> Bro, that's such a bar. You right know what there. though? I guess it's because uh, I have family here. Like I got my brother and uh, his wife and my nephew and nieces. But they're the only family I have out here in Vegas. And in high school, I finished my last two and a half years online. So I didn't even get like I just got my diploma mailed to me. And I got to tell you. It felt fine when I walked out to the mailbox and I got it. I was like, oh, this is cool. Because it, it, it still does the same thing. Like, and I that's kind of... I felt accomplished either way. Oh, you know? for sure. And I think that's one thing that people can't take away from this class regardless is... Um, Sense that, of that, accomplishment. Yeah, we know that we did it. And it's, you can't take that from us. And I think that's kind of what, what saves it for me only because... Like you said, we don't have a say-so in this. It's not like anybody did anything wrong to where we can't have a, a commencement or anything, that, anything of that nature. So because of that, I think it's a little bit easier to deal with. Um, but at the same time, too, like you said, it's a formality at right. the end of the day. So as long as the degree is, I mean, like even right now, we don't have degrees. I don't know if they sent them out. But um, currently, we don't have our degrees. We've officially, we're, we're done with everything. Yeah. So if I truthfully went to go apply to a job right now. You couldn't. It's prove it. Not necessarily that I couldn't prove it. I can prove it. I could pull up my academic record. Right. It, it shows was... you that I graduated in 2020 from UNLV. Oh, okay. So it does say it online. Yeah, it you says that I have the physical diploma. Exactly. Yet. So it's one of those things to where 
the 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 ceremony is more so what I said before. I think a lot of us just want that one last opportunity to look at a couple of people that we rubbed elbows with. Yeah, yeah. and we get that kind of that opportunity. And it's funny because I was even telling uh, when I was mentioning it to Johnny yesterday, I was like, it's crazy to think that we said that we didn't want it. And then we all say that we want it now that we can't have it. It's a four-hour ceremony to hear your name for about two to four seconds. That's hey, about bro, it. Bro, I'm going to be honest with you. I'd rather go get tacos with the people. <laughs> I'm cool. Like, I'll, we can go to, like... Exactly. We can go to, like, Loritas down south. We can, you know, but... No, but I understand, like, people who who really wanted that and their families, you know, wanted to see them graduate on stage. But, you know... And that's kind of yeah. where I'm at, too, because, uh, of course, my mom hit me and i don't think i said it last week maybe i did but um i was really really quiet about it there was about a three-week span where i was just down like i was like extremely down. i didn't want to do anything and if anybody knows me they know the the way that i try to like i hate wasting time and that's the way i've always felt so i try to stay busy constantly and it got to a point to where i was just sitting there and the people that was kind of closest to me was like this is new like this is this is not you and I think a lot of it was me just kind of feeling like, kind of feeling the sadness of not having that ceremony. But I woke up Friday morning and it just wasn't there. I woke up Friday morning and I think maybe because just subconsciously what my body did, I only had classes Monday through Thursday. Right. So if classes were in session anyway, Friday morning when I woke up, I would have been done with school. Beautiful. So I think even subconsciously my body just got into that routine. And the moment I woke up on the fifteenth, my body was like, it just I had not an ounce of stress in my body, yeah, and I man. haven't had it, and that's just that's a, that's an amazing feeling. That is a great feeling. Uh, when anything ends, there's like always a like, even if you didn't really enjoy it that much, there's always a little bit of sadness because our bodies, our minds, and body we don't like change, we don't like adapting. I mean, some of us are better at it than others, but. It's not fun getting used to new surroundings and not breaking your routine. So I think a lot of people uh, past couple months breaking their routine home by themselves, maybe. And, you know, a lot of time to think. It's tough. I know I've been there. Most definitely. And I mean, again, like there's so many different things that went into it. I um, recently finished up my farewell column to the paper, the Chatterbox Corner, my farewell Chatterbox Corner. And um, I, it's interesting because I told myself, I've somewhat said it on the show. Uh, I didn't want to put it in print and put it in writing. And I haven't really talked to too many people about it, like face to face. Um, in my farewell column, usually people talk about their time here and things of that nature and whatever they accomplished. And um, I kind of took that opportunity to do that in my second to last column. Mm. And my second to last column was uh, titled Be Beyond the Box That They Put You In. And essentially, that's when I kind of use that opportunity to say, um, you know what your strengths are. You know what your weaknesses are, essentially. Um, at a time like this, this is the time where you work on your craft. And this is the time where you you add something to your repertoire. Absolutely. Absolutely. And... I think that's that's what I wanted to kind of get out the way with that second to last one. But this last one, I always told myself um, once. I don't know if I knew you at the time, but when I tore my Achilles, you were at the paper. Well, weren't you? When was this? Spring 2018. I started October 2018. Okay, because I was in the boot until May. So you probably still saw me when I was gimpy, but not when I was on uh, in the walking boot or on crutches. So 
I tore my Achilles in January if January twenty second, if I recall correctly. No, I lied. January twenty fourth, um, two thousand eighteen, and. I didn't say much about that situation. I kind of just dealt with it. And I always told myself, if you make it out of this situation, you have to tell your story. And you got to give somebody an opportunity to have something to hold on if they're in a similar position. And once I tore my Achilles, basically what I wanted to walk away with and what I wanted to to do in my, in my uh, farewell chatterbox corner was essentially talk about you don't have to suffer in silence. Absolutely not. We do a lot of that here. I think as men, too. I mean, it's mm. not uh, considered... Uh, it's still taboo in a lot of... To, to a lot of people, if you're a man, to, like, really talk about what's on your mind and, you know... And you don't want to bring people down either, but it's, you know... And that's what's interesting, because I even put it in my Chatterbox Corner. My dad has always taught me, nobody cares about the excuses. Make it happen. Yeah. His whole thing has always been everybody can can make up an excuse. Like, if you try hard enough, you could find one. Yes. Yeah, I agree. So, essentially, I had to kind of put it into a, into a timeline. So, um, for anybody who read my Chatterbox Corner yesterday, I appreciate you guys. I got a lot of messages afterwards, a lot of um, reposts and just retweets or shares or whatever the case may be, whatever platform it was on. I thank you guys for reaching out. I do want to let you guys know I'm perfectly fine. The situation was just me kind of putting it in a snapshot just so everybody can see it and everybody can kind of know if I was distant during this time. That's kind of what it was. But for anybody who didn't get a chance to read the Chatterbox Corner, again, it's called, um, it's the Farewell Chatterbox Corner. The name of the column is When One Door Closes, It's Best to Find a Window. It's on the website? Yes, sir. All right, I'll take it. I appreciate you. And I, I haven't been checking the website just because of the fact that, like, I, I don't... We, we still been throwing stuff up, bro. Really? Yeah, we've still been working. Wow. Don't do that. Yeah, we still been working. So, wow. Um, and, I mean, that's kind of what my, my time at UNLV, I basically just kind of detailed how I moved out here. If you guys knew me in L.A., um, or back in California, I should say, um... You guys knew that I was in a four-year relationship at the time. We've talked about it on the podcast before. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, when I moved out here less than a weekend, I had to kind of reshuffle. Basically, I found out some information to where it's interesting when you're presented with some information to where you have to literally sit there with your two options. You could either react to the information or you could get your ducks in a row and then react to the information. Right. And I think me being in a new environment forced me to not just react to the situation but put my ducks in a row and then react. So that's kind of what the, what the column is about. Um, less than a weekend, I went and got four jobs in my first six days out here in Vegas. And I told her she had to go. Like, yo, your parents still are out here. My parents are, cra- are across st- state lines. You can still go to school and live with your parents. I'm going to just go ahead and hold this down. So a week into me moving out here, everything went from being split by two people to all on me. Dude, I can't imagine... Uh, leaving a four-year relationship, let alone getting in one. <laughs> I mean, well, first of all, you you know what's funny? You all people always say like you never know how you end up in that situation until you're in it. They're right. Like sometimes you just look up and you're like, "Dog, well, what?" I mean, honestly, it doesn't matter though because being being Muslim, I'm probably gonna get like 
I, I can't see myself dating anybody longer than like six months without getting oh married. Oh my gosh, bro. <laughs> I, I'm serious, man. It's just not like a thing, like, uh, you know, but regardless of that. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, at the end of the day, it, I tell people all the time too, like regardless of if you felt like you know how you got into a relationship, something kept you there. So yeah. it is what it is. But at the end of the day, I tell people all the time, I went ahead and got those jobs. I told her that's that's the way I'm gonna move forward and it is what it is so from moving forward it just became grind time just work constantly work constantly work constantly go to school work 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 go to school and I had two jobs at the rec center I was a manager at Lakeshore uh, I was working for an independent company I still have my guard card so I was I was working for the free press so I just had a couple of different just moving pieces and um so we moved out what was that fall of 2017 so that following semester is when I tore my Achilles. So I was taking care of the bills, taking care of the rent and everything. The moment I tore my Achilles, I got my rent late that following month. Oh, man. By the time I got the rent, they were kind of like, I mean, it's kind of too late. Right. So that's when I dealt with the eviction. That's when I I even detailed some of the names. I went ahead and stayed with uh, my homie um, Justin from high school. Um, and I shouted out Justin because that's something that you don't necessarily see very often. So to have that kind of... Um, which like, is unfortunate too. I mean, uh, I don't know how you can. I would never let any of my friends, even an acquaintance, I would never let them sleep on the floor. Right. I mean, sleep on the you know the street. Oh, for sure. And and I think that's kind of the way it was too. And that's that's mainly where it was. It's it's one of those things to where, and even going back to um my ex because I had a conversation yesterday. Somebody was like, um, it was kind of ruthless the way that my response was, and I was like, no, it wasn't. It was probably one of the nicest that I could have did. Right. I was like, um, at the end of the day. I've, if you know anything about me, I've never been one of those people to where, and if you know anything about me, again, I've, I say I love I love 50 Cent, simply because I've always been a person to where I respect you more if you just tell me how you feel. Mm -hmm. I, I truthfully have no problem with somebody walking up to me and be like, I don't really like you. Good. I know how to move around you now. Exactly. I don't like the people that go behind your back. I would I've much never, rather, and would, I've never been that type of person. And I think exactly, even if you didn't know that, I'm sure you could kind of like tell like that I'm not very uh, indirect. What's the point of sugarcoating it, especially yeah. if it's gonna get said anyway? So just go ahead and get it out. Might as well. So, um, I've just never been one for missing words, and I kind of mentioned that because that Fifty Cent mentality um, has been in, in, in by my age has been bred to us almost at like a young age i think i was in third grade when fifth came out like that's wild to me so i've known fifth essentially my whole life i like the fact that when fifth tells a person that we have an issue depending on the extent of that issue he'll tell you right away it's forever so yeah, you I don't mean, have yeah. to worry about like trying to end it trying to worry about it's going we're, i mean look at look at ja Rule. i mean that and irv like look at his serious. son Exactly. I love the way his son trolls him on it. His son's just like his dad. It, exactly. And it's I think so that's much, why... It's so funny. That's why the interactions are so interesting between them. And it's like, it's, that's, a, that's a real issue. When he took that picture on Father's Day and he put his hand oh. around an invisible person, he goes, Bro. happy Father's Day. <laughs> and that's the thing. That, that Their mentalities take a serious situation and make you kind of look at it and it makes you be a little more lighthearted towards it because of the way that they're reacting to it. I don't know if that's healthy though. But the reason why I say that is because, and I'm not talking about their situation. I don't know if that's healthy to do as a human. Um, but the reason why I say that is because when it came to my ex, I told them I could easily adopt the 50 cent mentality of 
I don't want you to ever have anything. Da, 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 da. It's never been that for me. If me and a person fall off, I've told people before, I want you to eat. You just can't yeah. sit at my table. I like that. I like that analogy. Uh, and I, I always see, about like, it de- for me at least, it depends on the severity of what happened. Like, I never nice. rule out reconciliation. I mean, it's going to take time, but, you know, you never know. I'm always a person that I'll, <laughs> I I think I've people have been confused with what I've said before because I'm, I refuse to be that person as much as I can to say never, no, I'm never doing this, I'm never doing that, I'm never doing this. And then 10 years from now, you guys see me doing something and you guys are like, remember that one time you said yeah. you'd never? So I always tell people, like, I'll never say never. Yeah. All I could do is tell you what, the way I feel currently and for the foreseeable future. Yeah, absolutely. There is a good shot that will never change <laughs> is the way I'll, I'll sugarcoat that. I'm the same way in terms of the fact that, like, I don't like to ever, like, put things 100% because if it doesn't happen, I'm just like, you know what? That's my fault for right. not leaving that window open, you know. And that's what's interesting, uh, too. I still felt a little weird with, um, and again, I said I appreciate it as much as, as, of course I do. When I walked in and you said congratulations, like, there was a small part of me. I don't know if you noticed. I kind of looked at you and was like, thanks because i realized i had a cap and a gown in my hand because daryl's and daryl and duna are my witnesses we all were supposed to graduate this semester we all did shout out to duna shout out to daryl um yeah shout out to those guys and we were we knew we were supposed to graduate but like i wouldn't talk about it i just wouldn't do it you don't want to jinx yourself bro and it's one of those things where once this happened i told people that that's another reason why why i just didn't want to say anything there's something, uh, it's Middle Eastern, it's also related to Islam, the, like the evil eye. Mm. You don't want to like put out your accomplishments or like put out what you're going for. Someone might put the evil eye on you. <laughs> you ain't never lie, bro. And you know, they bring that negative energy towards you. Uh, no question. And to be quite honest with you, I wish more people believed in it and talked about it. Or at least, I, I think it wouldn't be so um, niche if people actually spoke about it. And it wouldn't be so like... What are you talking about, the evil eye? And I, and it, it it's interesting because my little brother, shout out to DJ, he told me something one day. Um, I told him this is just like this idea I wanted to do, just to kind of like tweak with my um with my um skills and just kind of put my skills to the test. But it was like it wasn't even like using real people, so it was through something else. And when I said it, he looked at me and he was like, "That's a brilliant idea." He was like, "When are you gonna get working on it?" And I was like. I don't know. I kind of just thought about it. I got to like put nothing, it into motion. Nothing is real unless you put a date on it. And you've always told me that. Yeah. And it's funny because he looked at me and he was like, well, I hope you move quick. And he was like, well, why do you? I was like, why do you say that? He was like, because you just spoke it out into the universe. So it's out there. So if you don't act on it, somebody else will. Absolutely. And I just looked at him and was like, hmm. So it's interesting to have those con- those concepts and those conversations with certain people, especially people that kind of are on the same wavelength that you are. Um, this semester, clearly, it, it didn't end the uh, a typical way. But all in all, with hopefully six more months of your undergrad uh, college career, how you feeling right now? With, with the way that this COVID situation is going, we're not sure what you're returning back to in uh, fall. Because I have uh, two summer classes coming up next, starting next month. Okay. And uh, I know those are going to be online because they were online anyway. Okay. 
And in the fall, like I, I read an email, they said it could be like a hybrid, like, you know, instead of going to class Monday, Wednesday, it would be just Monday. Okay. And then like, instead of a Tuesday, Thursday, like it, they're going to, I, I doubt, I mean, I can't predict the future, mm-hmm. but I doubt it's going to be like it was last, just like a normal semester. It's not going to be right. a normal semester. So even, okay. So if it's like, so what you're basically saying is if it's a four day class, you probably only have to show up for two. Yeah. Like, okay. Let's say you have a Monday, Wednesday class mm-hmm. and a Tuesday, Thursday class. Mm-hmm. It'll be hybrid. Like, I, I had a hybrid class last semester. So, we only, instead of uh, Tuesday, Thursday, it was just Tuesday. And oh, okay. I think that could be applied to every class. Less people on campus, right. less foot traffic. Absolutely. Um, I think they'll try to space it out a little bit more. Uh, that would that would, that would would be interesting to see because we we've already seen this campus. Of course, we're in, we're at a university now. So, we've seen the, the different rushes of people that get here. We know oh the 7 o'clock God. rush. We know the 11 o'clock rush. And we know the 3 o'clock rush. We know the 7 p.m. rush. It's ridiculous. I work at the library at Lead. Right. So I can tell you, man, it's... And you know what? This should have been done a long time ago as well. Like, I, I got to be honest with you. When I'm walking through campus and I just... And that rush comes and I get hit by some kid with a rolling backpack. I just... <laughs> every ounce... It takes... And I try not to be, uh, you know, an impatient person, an irritable person. But sometimes it's just hot outside. You're not having a good day. And they just... It's just like the straw that breaks the camel's back. It, and, it's, and, and the thing is, I, never mind, because I know you and you're probably not the person that's going to hide it and not going to say anything. I, well, <laughs> I, I do. I, I let so many things go and people think I don't because of my... Because uh, <laughs> of the Florida man mentality? Yeah, just because of like the way I guess people perceive me. But I let so many things go. Like I just like internally scream. <laughs> Not the internal screen. Guys, if you guys are just tuning in to the show, this is Talk That Talk on 91.5, the Rebel HD2, KUNV, Las Vegas. I'm your host, Terrell Chatterbox Emerson, in studio with Scarlet and Gray Free Press, extraordinary writer. Oh, thank you, bro. I had to do that. Salim Dweck. Um, it's post-graduation day, so I'm sitting here in my cap with my tassel on the left. When we return, we'll talk more about this amazing semester. We'll talk a little sports. Of course, this is Talk That Talk on 91.5. I'd like to share a valuable resource as we respond to COVID-19. Our residents have come together to support each other during this challenging and quickly changing situation. And I encourage Nevadans to stay up to date with reliable information by calling 211 or visiting the Nevada Health Response website at nvhealthresponse.nv.gov, where you can find guidance and resources to make informed decisions to protect yourself, your family, and the Silver State. On the website, there are updates about proactive measures to keep Nevadans informed and prepared. Together, we can keep our communities safe, strong, and together, we will overcome the challenges we face. So please call 211 or visit the website at nvhealthresponse.nv.gov. Thank you to everyone for supporting your neighbors, working together, and staying home for Nevada. This message funded by a grant through the Nevada Department of Health and Human Services, aired in cooperation with the Nevada Broadcasters Association and this station. Hey, this is Jennifer, the producer for UNLV Speaks. Join us Monday for a lecture by Assistant Professor of Music at UNLV, Joseph Svensson, titled Sensory Inflation, The Bidding War for Your Perceptions. This lecture will explore how our modern world is increasingly stimulating our senses to pull our attention and money to the highest bidder. That's Monday at 8.30 p.m. on KUNV 91.5 The Source. 
A Nevada prepaid tuition contract locks in tomorrow's college tuition at today's prices. Just listen to what this contract holder had to say about the Nevada prepaid tuition program. This is Diane Sessions, a program officer at the university, a grandmother of three. I purchased a contract for each of my grandchildren. I will save over $97,000. Families of newborns can still enroll in the Nevada prepaid tuition program through June 30th. A Nevada prepaid tuition contract can be used at any eligible higher education institution nationwide. Go to nvprepaid.gov. That's nvprepaid.gov and enroll today. Tomorrow's tuition, today's prices. Sponsored by the Nevada Prepaid Tuition Program and aired in cooperation with the Nevada Broadcasters Association and this station. The Rebel HD2. Mom's like you're Gandhi. Welcome back. Welcome back. <laughs> this is Talk That Talk on 91.5, the Rebel HD2, KUNV Las Vegas, the broadcast service of UNLV. I am your host, Terrell Chatterbox Emerson, and that conversation you just heard was me having a conversation with Scarlet and Gray free press writer, Salim Dweck. And we were talking about Ramadan and fasting and things of that nature. Do you want to talk about a little bit about some of the specifics? Yeah, we yeah absolutely. Um so Ramadan is, is 30 days, and uh, basically from dawn to dusk, or dawn to sunset, you're not supposed to eat or drink or have uh, intercourse uh, amongst those things. You're supposed to stay away from, I guess, from all vices and then, you know, just food and water. It's a very spiritual month in terms of the fact that you kind of realize what's important and what's not. Let me tell you something. When you're hungry and thirsty... You, all those little problems that, you know, you were worried about and it just goes out the window. And it mm. makes you grateful for what you do have because you're excited to break your fast at 7.50, 8 o'clock. Some people, they're going to break their fast and maybe a piece of bread and that's it. Right. So you just, wow. you stay grateful for what you do have. You stop worrying about all these, all these little problems that you think are the biggest issues in the world. Like you realize how much it doesn't matter. Right. And I, I, I feel like uh, I've wrote I've written a story about this before, but there's power in saying I don't know. So forgive me if these next two questions are just nah, seem man, crazy. Nah, but um, you mentioned vices. So I'm going to ask you two separate questions. The first one is about discipline, like how much of this is discipline and how much of it is just routine and getting into like a like a like a routine. And the second question I have is you, you mentioned staying away from vices. Somebody like Habib Nurmagomedov. Yeah. I don't know every um, religion and every culture and every lifestyle, right. but I know certain religions and certain lifestyles deem your work to take away from your spiritual being. So is Habib supposed to refrain from training and fighting at a time like this? Those are my two questions. So there's different opinions amongst Islamic scholars. Okay. A lot of them do say like boxing or like uh, any sort of combat sports, not football and like stuff like that, right. but like, you know, where the goal is to, you know, hit somebody in terms of UFC. And right. It would be like, it's, you're not supposed to do it just because of the fact that you're not supposed to hit anybody unless you're being attacked or you're being oppressed. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but at the end of the day, it's not my, it's not my job to pass judgment on Habib. Of course. Um, I know this is definitely a hard month for him too because of the fact that like what is his father's in the hospital. Uh, mm. Abdul Abdul Manap, I think his name is. Get well soon. I wasn't Absolutely. even aware of it. And um, 
Yeah, but during Ramadan, like, actually, you want to know something? Uh, Hakeem Olajuwon, yes. he would play during Ramadan, and mm -hmm. his numbers would actually be better. Why do you think that is? I, you know what? I think it's... I don't know. Uh, maybe it's he's more locked in. Maybe he's just less, like... Uh, but he wouldn't drink water. Like, he would but you're not the first person to tell me that. Like, yeah. people who do it, and I've heard it across different, like, like avenues. Like, yeah. I've heard people on radio shows talk about fasting, and they feel like certain ideas come to them during that time and things like that. So it's, it's funny because I, I I've never done anything, I don't feel like, to that extent. But me and my brother, just younger, we were super young, and we got to a point to where we were just saying, um, let's see how far, how long we can go yeah. off of just water. And my brother got to a point where he was like, I'm not eating anything. And I was young. If anybody knows, this, my brother was five years old or so, or is five years old or so. At the time, I had to be seven, maybe eight. And it was one of those things to where I told him, I was like, I don't think I'm going to be able to go the full time without eating something. I was like, so I'll meet you halfway and I'll do water and oranges. Well, how, how many days? Uh, and we were going to see how far we can go. I got to five days off of water and oranges and I couldn't do it anymore. Oh, I no, was like, sounds, bro, this is insane. Sounds like hell. <laughs> I was like, this is like, I I truthfully don't know what I'm doing. And again, I was eight years old, so I probably wasn't doing it right. But shout out to my brother who made it a week off of just water. And again, I don't like, I, I've, I was told after that, that there's healthy ways to fast and there's unhealthy ways to fast. So you want to break that down really quick, if you can? So um, basically, this year at least, dawn is like 4.35, it, it depends. Mm. And then... Sunset is around seven forty-five, seven fifty. Okay. Um, at least during this month. So between that time, you can't eat or drink and stuff like that. So in the time period where it's dark out, mm -hmm. my goal is to eat and drink as much as possible, <laughs> right? And that way, during the day, let me tell you something: the people that just eat like at dinner, you know, they eat like eight thirty, and then mm -hmm. they don't eat in the morning before it's time to. <laughs> oh man! You don't see how they do it. Well, I, I've done it a few times, and I just I'm like, oh my god, this is hell. <laughs> this is terrible. Do you have to set alarms? Yeah, because uh, what I do, I sleep in shifts. Like okay. I'll go to sleep at like twelve. I'll wake up uh, four something for the prayer and mm -hmm. eat a little something before sun comes up, and then I'll go back to sleep to like eight or nine. Is there a certain type? I'm I'm really really intrigued in this. I don't know if you could tell, but is there a certain type of preparation that goes into this? For instance, like next year, if I wanted to participate, like mm. is there a way that I could do that if I'm not of the faith? Yeah, absolutely. Um, basically, the only thing I'll say is like the first few days are always the hardest because okay. your body's getting used to it. Okay. Like, it, and if someone, if you work out or if someone goes to the gym, try to do it at night or like take it easy for that month. Okay. Uh, it's yeah, you know it, and look, I don't know if you, what your beliefs are, but if you do believe in God or a higher power, you don't I necessarily do. have to be Muslim. I mean, you could take that month to fast and pray to whoever, or whatever you believe in. Right. Uh, in Islam, it's it's five times a day, uh, but, and that's always that's year round, but. Um, let me ask another question, and I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm, it's kind of turned into like a little interview session right yeah, now, yeah, but. Man, yeah. Do you suggest that a per a first timer goes the full thirty? Because you just hit the first couple of days of the hardest. Do you suggest that they maybe do a half the first time, or it's, do they? It's do whatever you can do. I mean, like uh, mm -hmm. in Islam, you're not you don't have to fast if you have like uh, anything medical mm -hmm. or even health. Because I mean, when you're not when you don't eat and sleep, and sometimes your sleep schedule can affect your mental health. Right. But if your mental health is affected, you don't have to fast. Hmm. 
At least that's what I've read from. Just don't scholars. harm yourself. Like you're trying to do yeah. good to your body. Like so women, anything, yeah. women on their period or pregnant women, they don't have to fast. I mean, just if you're, if you if you can, you should. And mm. um, but as as far as what you were saying, I mean, no man, yeah, you could take it easy. Like you could see how you feel, and like if you if you're like dying, you're like, oh, I need, yeah, drink some water. See, you know, don't. And I think that would probably be the the most difficult thing for me i mean you've seen me a million times walk into the newsroom i keep a gallon of water with me it's tough man so that would the be like the hardest part for me the hunger i mean it doesn't get to me too much right as long as you eat in the morning but the thirst especially out here in vegas where it's dry <laughs> bro <laughs> oh no, my god no it's different out here like it's and on top of that too like when did it wasn't a month ago. Maybe it was close to a month ago. But I went outside randomly to go to work or something one day. And it was about 89. And I was like, hmm, Vegas is getting back to being Vegas. I got off of work and it was 96. Oh, my God. I said, how did you? A April 28th, I looked I looked <laughs> down at my phone and I checked the weather. Uh huh. I saw it was 99 degrees in April on April 28th, and I was just like, oh, my God. That's sick. Like, why do we... It's it's disgusting. Why do we put ourselves through this? We need to build just, like, one, like, indoor city. Like, <laughs> like a dome? Like yeah, a, like a dome. Like in like in uh, The Simpsons, that, that Simpsons movie where they were stuck oh in the dome. Oh, my gosh, bro. Or, or like Sandy Cheeks. Yeah. SpongeBob, she got a full dome. Like, I can't live underwater, so I got to build something separate. And, and what's crazy about her is that, like... She had a crazy house too. People been insane house. Like people didn't like people focus on the exterior, but she had a crazy house. And this uh, is random because again, this is not what we're supposed to do in the first forty minutes of the show. But do you know that they're building houses that are replicas of um, cartoon show houses? I love that because life is meaningless. Uh, okay, life is not meaningless, <laughs> but this world, this physical world, we're in. You might as well have as much fun as you can. Try not to hurt people. So I think living in a living in a pineapple like SpongeBob would be insane with 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 a staircase because you see it from the outside and it's like you. There's not two it's, stories. It's small, but like then you go inside. He has like a big library <laughs> and SpongeBob it's was huge. rich, man. No, seriously, he was. And I don't. I I believe that whole Krusty Krab thing, by the way, was a drug front. That I told you that that show was originally supposed to be on HBO. We yeah, can absolutely. have that conversation. We can definitely have it. You're telling me he lives in a house that nice and he's just you know. They live in Bikini Bottom. Exactly. You know what? I I I, I just thought about that. Who's the owner of the Krusty Krab? Never mind. We'll talk about it later. Um. But again, <laughs> <laughs> but again, uh, uh, let's 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 steer away from let's steer away from our our semi OD podcast talk. But yeah. if you guys are just tuning in, you guys are listening to Talk That Talk on ninety one point five, the Rebel HD two. KUNV Las Vegas, the broadcast service of UNLV. I'm your host, Terrell Chatterbox Emerson, in studio with Salim Dweck from the Scarlet and Gray Free Press. Um, I do have a couple of things that I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about... Um, eh, let me, first, let me start with this. Typically, I start with a tip-in from my mom. Um, I didn't get one from her today, but I have one from Stephen A. Smith. Lamar Odom, <laughs> who was on crack. Yeah. You, what was that conversation about? Uh, they were talking about uh, Phil Jackson as president. He was the oh! He was like his first move as I team president that. was to sign Lamar Odom, who was on crack. Yo, Stephen A. Smith. I know a lot of people don't like him, but Stephen A. Smith is we sports would be vastly different without Stephen A. Smith. See, I look at Stephen A. like 
less like I don't look for him for like in-depth sports analysis. I, I just want to hear him I do with certain things. With the with the with the NBA, I do. Social See, issues, not as much. No, yeah, because I don't know. He, we'll get into that later. Yeah, but, that's um, a separate conversation. I love Stephen A. But that's a separate conversation. Stephen uh, A. Like it's his job to debate, and like sometimes he can like take take stances and then like two weeks later he'll have like a completely different one but act like the first stance never happened like and he'll swear that it just never happened and i'm like okay max you gotta mention that which is why i don't i look at Stephen a like he's funny he's incredibly funny i'm not necessarily gonna go to him for like you know super in-depth analysis because i realize that he kind of just his job he'll tell you is to entertain that's what first take is about yeah, it's about to have true. a cool debate and entertain. Yeah. Nobody wants to hear like just two guys agree on everything and you know on a show called First Take. Stephen A. Smith will tell you that directly. Like we're not supposed to agree on everything. Like find a different position, even if you do agree with me. Like yeah, that's find that's a way the point of the show. So you know, no disrespect to Stephen A. He's he's funny. It's just me. I I don't look to him for like in depth analysis. Most definitely, and I think that's kind of what's interesting because I um, and that's what's really interesting. I I heard I was watching the old Russ interview. And um, Russ was talking to Joe Budden, and oh, I'm talking about the uh, the music artist Russ. And he said that um, I think somebody asked him about um, Kanye, and he was saying that like Kanye is a musical genius. He's the reason why I kind of started make playing with beats, whatever, whatever, all these different things. And they asked about his political stance about certain things, and he said, honestly, yay is yay. He yeah. was like, and I have too much respect for him than to say it on a public platform because it can come across a different way he was like i'll bring it up to him but like i'm not even going to speak on it here and that's kind of the way that i feel in certain aspects because Stephen a smith steve weish um it's a little different with steve weish because i truthfully know if i if he does say anything that i disagree with if i truthfully disagree with it he he answers my calls he responds to my messages so if i truthfully feel like he said something that was like kind of took me aback, I would mention it to him. And we would be able to have that conversation. I'm not there yet, clearly, uh, with Stephen A. Smith. I haven't even met him. Um, but he's one of those people that um, those are two people that I look at. And Russ said that a lot of people don't have respect anymore. And he said a lot of people feel like, he said you have to have respect for people that if they didn't exist, you probably wouldn't have your platform to say anything. That's true. Yeah, I would and say. that's kind of where I'm at with Stephen A. Smith. I disagree a lot with Stephen A. Smith on a lot of social issues. Yeah. I could come in here and say truthfully how I feel, but across this platform, it would sound a certain way. Yeah. I absolutely adore it's, Stephen A. Smith. It's just not necessary. Because he wouldn't, because his, and there, there's a good obnoxious and a bad obnoxious. I do want people to realize that. His obnoxiousness when it comes to sports hilarious. and being that animated about it oh, yeah. makes you get animated about it. Because either you vastly, either you like, you, you either like are 100% agree with him or you 100% disagree. So his animation forces you to get animated. Depending on the week, too. True. There's, a, there's videos on YouTube, and I'm not knocking him, it's just funny. Right. <laughs> where they'll put, like, one of his stances where he's so hardline and animated. Yep. And they'll show another video not too long after where he's the complete opposite on that issue, same animation. <laughs> I t- and what did I tell you? I told you he'll act like the first one just didn't have it. And it's like, bro, pull that. But um, in all seriousness, Stephen A. Smith said something uh, earlier this week. And I think we were talking about the Cowboys. Or he was talking about the Cowboys. Oh, he loves making it. Oh. 
He loves making fun of Cowboys fans. Oh, for sure. But he had one statement, and he said that he wasn't like in a play, in a joking mood because it really, with the Dak Prescott thing, has gotten to a certain level of disrespect. And this is what the quote. I don't want to get this wrong, but when I heard it, I I put it down instantly. And especially at a time like this, I think it was uh, vital around graduation time. At some point, the people who do right by you deserve to have right done by them. I, yeah, I, I think the Cowboys, by the way, are crazy for not trying to lock Dak up. We could have a separate conversation about that because that's forty nine. Please, yards. like, please talk some sense into him. I, I truthfully thought if you guys didn't get two, I thought you guys would have went out and traded for that. We, talk, I, I we talked about, about that, actually. I remember we talked. Like, did I was we? like, We did. We did. We did. On the. That was that free agency draft, show, I think. Yeah, on the draft podcast. Mm-hmm. I, I, maybe this is just coming from a Dolphins fan who has gone so long without their team having like a really good quarterback. And Tannehill was solid, but he wasn't Dak. Right. In my opinion, anyway. Right. And to me, you're just going to like play around like I would sign that guy tomorrow I would definitely sign him over Zeke no disrespect but right. a running back you know are a lot easier to find than you know good quarterback that's well known um two things about that uh before I get to Dak about the Ezekiel Elliott thing I do think Ezekiel Elliott is gonna go down as the best running back of all time really I do only reason why is because I feel like he's I, I do feel like he's physically different than a lot of people. Oh, and, he's great. I'm not debating that. And the combination of all of it, I think he has the workhorse mentality. He has the organization if he did it, uh, if he wanted to do it, things of that nature. I think Ezekiel Elliott almost, I know a lot of people are going to like mention like a Saquon Barkley or something like that. The reason why I'm mentioning that is because it's almost like with Zeke, you could be in a third and six. Yeah. And still feel confident running a draw. That and the fact that it it doesn't seem like Zeke relies too much on an O-line. You, you can put him behind a terrible O-line and he's he still going to... a lot. Yeah. Like, and, you, and that's what you're talking about. Like, the stuff that he makes happen. And I'm not saying that Saquon doesn't make it happen, but I'm just saying I feel like you could have anybody as a quarterback and yeah. have Ezekiel Elliott back there and you still have to figure out we have to make sure that he's an integral part of this. I'm not sure that if you put any quarterback back there with Saquon Barkley that you do the same. Yeah, I mean, Saquon... Uh, Saquon is crazy. Yeah, he was banged up last year, so it affected right. his numbers to a degree, but uh, great. And he still came back from that crazy ankle uh, ankle yeah. injury in what, three weeks? That was insane. He shouldn't have it, come back that There's no quick. way you should come back that quickly. No, especially for that Giants team. Exactly, and he nearly fractured that ankle. Yeah, honestly, if you know Saquon's agent should have just told him, you know, hey man, just but, chill. Just but chill. I think that also that could be one thing that if Ezekiel Elliott was not to, if there was a running back playing right now who's going to be the greatest of all time, younger running back, I would mention if I was to mention Saquon, it would be because of his work ethic. Oh yeah, he's. I mean, just coming back after three weeks from that injury, it's it. And like we said, when that. Oh my gosh! When the ball of that ankle, either side, the inside or the outside of that ball of that ankle, touches the ground, I had a oh, plantar bro. fasciitis about three years ago. Okay, and I had it for about a month. Mm-hmm. And every time, like, I had to walk from my on my left foot, I believe it was on my tippy toes, just on my left foot for like a month. Wow! It was so so painful. I cannot imagine, you know, <laughs> let alone like just walking or playing in the NFL Cutting. as a running back. 
Running away from linemen? I don't I don't see how Saquon He must have had that. some nice cortisone shots. <laughs> oh, a couple of them. Going back to uh, that Dak point, the reason why I feel like we could have a full hour-long conversation, we can come back next week and talk about it even. Um, looking at Dak, the Cowboys' excuse of – you don't pay or you don't win Super Bowls when you pay the quarterback like the height when the quarterback is um, taking up so much of your salary. Mm. Here's my issue with that. Whenever people bring it up, they bring up Aaron Rodgers. They bring up Russell Wilson. They bring up Jared Goff. They bring up Carson Wentz, all these different uh, quarterbacks who sign these huge deals. Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan actually might be the closest. And I'm explaining what, what my issue is right here. That argument is true. That argument is not applicable to the Cowboys. I agree. And the reason why it's not applicable to the Cowboys is why? Because you would tell the quarterback, we can't give you all of the salary because you're going to hamstring us in other places. Where are the Cowboys? Where are the Cowboys hamstrung? I, you know, now with CeeDee Lamb and the You Amari got Cooper two wide receivers. You got a rookie wide receiver. So that's your three wide receivers. You have Blake Jarwin as your tight end. You, I think you still have Schultz as your backup tight end. Ezekiel Elliott is your running back. You just went out and signed three people on the line. Yeah. Two of them who have been career starters. You you retain Jalen Smith. You retain Van Der Esch. You retain uh, Demarcus Lawrence. Yeah, that defense Lawrence. is pretty good. You lose Byron. Uh, excuse me. You lose Byron Jones, but you add Ha Ha Clinton Dix, who's played in your division with the Redskins. Right. Who's won with the Packers? Cowboys. What are, are we talking about here? Cowboys are absolutely insane not to sign Dak. But this is why I want to throw this at you. I'm not sure if you heard the episode um, when we finally did our our uh, our first one back. I believe it was uh, April 26th, I think. Um, I had Steve Weiss on the show. Really? And I asked him about um, how how come Dallas. I, I wanted to name Dallas a draft day winner, but I couldn't do it because who's your quarterback? Exactly. And the same thing, and it was interesting because I, I pay attention to the tone in his voice. He said, "What's well, real? They've offered him one, and that's where everything goes silent for me, because this goes back to what Stephen A. Smith has said in his what is it, twenty five years of covering sports. He's never had a contract like the contract, the terms of the deal, be so hard to obtain. Why won't either side talk about it?" Yeah, I mean, I, look, I guess it's just a difference of opinion. If I'm the Cowboys, I write Dak a blank check. At this, only reason why I somewhat agree with you is because you signed everybody else. Okay, and then, you know, who's out there? I, oh, I like Cam Newton, argument. but, I mean, he's 31. Uh, we don't know how he's going to be off injury. Who Who's out there that you could put in there that would, you know? I mean, Andy Dalton's on a one-year three, what is it, a one-year... Is it seven million or could it get up to seven? I think million? it could get up to seven million. So it's one year. I think it's three point five million, and you it can get up to seven million with incentives. And I'm pretty sure a lot of those incentives are if he plays, if he starts the playoff game, things of that nature. If that happens with him, he already played what nine years in in um, Cincy. Yeah, I think he was. Nine so that would be ten years. You do what? Sign him four years, three years. You still would end up paying him less than Dak. So if Andy Darden goes out and goes out and plays well. I think Dak may find himself on the outside looking in. You got a lot more faith in Andy Dalton than I do. I've always had faith in Andy Dalton, bro. I really like Andy Dalton. If this were 2014, I would agree with you. Can I ask a question? Yeah. 
What's the difference between? Mm, let me not say that. No, yeah. What's the difference between 2014 Andy Dalton and uh, early 2019 Andy Dalton? Team around him is worse. New coaching staff, things of that nature. AJ Green didn't play, but Bro, even Andy the past, Dalton is even nice. The past couple years, I mean, he's been. Uh, you could just see it, like he's deteriorating. He's not the same guy, even with even with the talent around him. Can I mention something really quick? Yeah. And I thought I saw him yesterday in the store, and it was kind of crazy. But I grew up a USC fan. I've let me go ahead and go on the record and say that I grew up a USC football fan. I grew up a Duke basketball fan. That should be blasphemy to probably say that on this campus. But anyway, um, yeah, it's so awkward to say that out loud. Um, but I'm gonna mention a name when I mention USC football. You should know where I'm going. Mm. I'm going to Carson. I'm going to Carson Palmer. Oh, I like Carson Palmer. Carson Palmer. Same boat for me in terms of Andy Dalton. I'm looking at the situation, and I'm like, I don't know why they can't win, but I don't think it's his fault. I don't think it's his. And when Carson went to the Raiders, Carson didn't have a, a typical, like, the, the best Carson years, but Carson was better than the quarterbacks they had. Carson was very solid in Oakland. When Carson went to Arizona. That's when he, yeah. That's when I looked around and was like, Okay. So my question to you is, would you say the exact same thing if Andy Dalton was being coached by Bill Belichick in Foxborough? That's fair. I mean, uh, I think the Cowboys probably will not sign Dak. That's so tough, bro. I mean, we're about we're almost in June. Yeah. Uh, who knows what's going to happen, but why sign Andy Dalton if – I don't know. I I don't know what's gonna happen with that situation. Uh, for the Cowboys' sake, uh, I I I I hope they sign Dak at least for their sake. Absolutely, really quick too. I know if um last week I made it a point to talk about UFC 249. If you guys are tuning into the show for us to talk about UFC Jacksonville, uh, the two that happened on Wednesday and on um Saturday, I'm not gonna do it today. Only reason why is because I didn't catch yesterday's card. So give me some time this week to go catch up on yesterday's card, and then I'll talk about Wednesdays and uh, yesterday's next week. So we'll go ahead and um, – I just don't want you guys to think that I'm ignoring stuff. If you guys are just um, tuning into the show, this is Talk That Talk on 91.5, the Rebel HD2, KUNV Las Vegas, the broadcast service of UNOV. I am your host, Terrell Chatterbox Emerson, in studio with Scarlet and Gray free press writer, Celine Dweck. What's up? And we just kind of broke down a little bit about the Cowboys situation, but – Going back to um, Stephen, A., uh, Stephen A. Smith's um, tipping, I guess, for today, the people who do right by you, or at some point the people who do right by you deserve to have right done by them. I think we can kind of say that across, I would love to say that it's just across the NFL, but it's across sports. There's no loyalty in pro sports. Unfortunately. Not, unfortunately. not really at all. And, and it's, it's unfortunate, but it's true. That's why, like... Uh, People talk about guys not being loyal. It's like, ah, come on, man. And come on. And let's do this really quick. Um, I'm trying my best not to be like too heavy, too hard hitting. But when Steve, when Steve Weiss was on the show uh, last time as well, I made it a point to. Um, I brought up your team and I brought up the Dolphins. Um, I asked him a series of questions. I think it was two or three different questions. And I, the last one, I told him, you can pick which one of these topics you want to talk about. I said you can pick um you can pick uh what's going on in oh no the Rams new identity you can pick Miami's rebuild 
or you can pick which quarterbacks, which old quarterback in a new place, not named Tom Brady, do you like the most? He said, okay. He said, why don't we take, why don't we knock out two of those in one? He said, why don't we talk about the Miami Dolphins rebuild and the quarter, the new, the old quarterback in a new place? He said, because I like Tua. And he was kind of mentioning that. And he, of course, you can go back and listen to that show and, and detail uh, all of his reasoning. But the one thing that I can't wait to get your um, get your opinion on, I told Steve, we'll see how long it takes for the conversation around Chris Greer and Brian Flores to just switch. Oh, to get to start to a no, the conversation around them in terms of minorities in holding pop, uh, positions of power in the National Football League. I want to know how long. Because the Dolphins went on the run last year, at the end of last year, that I don't think, I think multiple people, to be quite honest with you, were trying to ignore it. I when do. I'm seeing a lot of predictions this year for Miami's record. Talk to me. Six and ten, five and eleven. I'm looking at nine, maybe. The Dolphins won five games last year with, and I'm not, and if you didn't watch the Dolphins last year, I don't blame you. <laughs> but as a Dolphins fan, I watched every game. I'm a masochist as well. Uh, God. That was one of the worst, if not the worst, roster in NFL history. And I've heard you say that. And you talked about some of the people, or excuse me, you talked about some of the things that Coach Flores was able to get out of certain players that you had, and you, and I shouldn't say never heard of, because you're a, a Dolphin fan through and through, so you know practice squad, you know everything. He got some things out of some people that you expected nothing from. Uh, you know, our number one... Our number one corner late in the season was Nick Needham. I think for half the season, it was Nick Needham who was an undrafted rookie from, I think it was U. I forget what college he went to, but, and he, he was, he did really good at the end, you know? And uh, if we're going to get so many guys, I mean, Flores just squeezed all the talent out of them and just, and that's why they won five. They went, they started 0 uh, 7, and they ended. Five and four, the last nine games. And I'm looking at the um, college right now. I'm trying to figure out which college he went to. Nick Needham, man. UTEP. UTEP, that was where he went. There it yeah. is. Um, so I, I just I, – and when I mentioned it to Steve, he said, you're right. Let's see how long it takes. And the reason why I said it is because, of course, social media is going to be social media. But that screenshot of the split screen of Brian Flores and Chris Greer making decisions – in that war room or in those separate war rooms yeah and everybody analyzing their picks and them and they're them saying how did the dolphins pick this one up or how did certain teams allow this person to fall to the dolphins and things of that nature as much conversation would be surrounding brian flores if the dolphins went two and 14. yeah why is that reverse conversation not being had it's just things i think about but that's just me um again that's true nearly out of this first hour you guys are listening to talk that talk on 91.5 rebel hd2 kumv las vegas now that we're getting into the second hour you want to talk last dance oh absolutely i uh i'm ready bro we've been watching a gambling addicts propaganda no i'm just (laughs) hey uh look you know a lot of people are taking that away from I'm this this documentary is so detailed like I could I could write a thesis paper on this on this documentary and I'm very serious about that. No, I I've really enjoyed it. It's I, amazing. I've been thinking it's awesome. And uh I I love the way Mike Mike puts things, you know. 
Yeah. I'm not a gambling addict. You know, if, if I did, I'd lose my house. I, you know, all this stuff. I, I just like to have fun while he's wearing sunglasses indoors in a dark room. Oh, I think it's awesome. During the interview that he requested. Yeah. No, Mike, Mike is awesome, man. Just the way. What I, I tell people all the time, you can't tell certain legends how to legend. The story about him not letting Horace Grant eat food after a bad game. <laughs> Bro. About him telling the team chefs not to cook Horace Grant food after Bro. bad games. When I tell you, <laughs> I was watching it and I was I was drinking water at the time when I found this out. And I spit my water out. It was, I was in absolute shock. Um, that was the, one of the funniest, most absurd things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> 